Hey everyone, thanks so much for joining me for this week's episode of When I Grew Up. On this episode, I'm, it is my pleasure and honor to welcome my guest, uh, Dr. Abraham Kim. Hey, Dr. Kim, how are you today? Uh, I'm doing really well. Great to be here, Blair. Thanks so much for giving me your time tonight. Um, I'm sure you have your hands full with a lot, but uh, again, I, it is my honor to be able to chat with you and just hear about your story. Um, so right now you're located in... Washington, D.C. I'm right outside, actually in Virginia, uh, but I, uh, our offices are in Washington, D.C. Awesome. Okay, so I'll just jump right in. Uh, what are the offices that you are talking about and what is it that you do, Dr. Kim? Sure. Uh, so I'm the executive director for an organization called the Council of Korean Americans. And it is an organization. Our mission is to uh, amplify the national voice of the Korean American community and to invest in the next generation of Korean Americans uh, in areas of leadership, both public and private sector. Uh, and so what all of that means is that we make sure that Korean Americans' interests are represented, whether it's in the federal government or it's in a corporate environment. And we make sure that uh, we work with leaders to uh, open opportunities so that Korean Americans can serve in leadership roles, whether it's running for office, whether it's serving in C-suites, they say like CEO or CFO or whatnot in corporations, or or even just uh, be becoming a leader uh, in your community uh, to um, in your schools and other mm -hmm. places like that. So, so uh, our focus is leaders, leadership, and how to how to ensure that Korean Americans are participating, uh, whether it's civically or in uh, or in the private sector. So um, um, this is totally my jam because, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> because I um, am all about this. Uh, what everything you just said, I'm like, yes, how do we do that more? How mm -hmm. how can we create that space? Um, Excuse my ignorance. Yeah. I might ask yeah. you some questions that maybe seem obvious to some, but not to me. Um, but um, everything you said sounds so amazing and so great. Mm -hmm. And I'm curious, though, like, so uh, you gave examples of like, oh, like creating this space or allowing mm -hmm. opportunities for people to like be like in leadership roles, like C-suite yeah. and things mm -hmm. like that. Um, how does the Council of Korean Americans like do that exactly? Like, mm -hmm. what are the steps that one would take? Like, does someone come yeah. to you first mm -hmm. or... Yeah, so uh, we work with other leaders, uh, people who have already achieved leadership roles, uh, and we work with them uh, to provide, like you said, space and opportunity and education for whether it's young people or current professionals who are interested in going into leadership roles uh, about how to become a leader, mm -hmm. what are some of the important skill sets. Uh, and also, um, just sometimes it's just informing them about opportunities where people can actually apply for these jobs or or uh, either or, or be recruited for these jobs. I think there are, uh, you know, there's a number of aspects about being a leader. One is there's the personal capabilities, right? One, in, an individual will need, um, needs to have the talent set, right? And, and oftentimes, it's really about it's not only about what you know in terms of your expertise and, and your proficiency in an in industry and know and being an expert, 
but it's also about being your ability to connect and communicate with with uh, with other leaders and other people and people who are willing to trust in your ability to make decisions. And then it, through that, they they see you as a leader, someone who can uh, provide a direction and a vision and, mm-hmm. and a mission for a, an organization or 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 a company or, or that sort. And so so part of it is, um, you know, a lot of these things, it's you don't learn this in a classroom. Mm-hmm. In fact, um, it's oftentimes it comes through uh, mentorship. It comes through uh, people who are more experienced sharing their experience with younger people who are less experienced in these areas and how to think about problems, how to think about leadership, how do you persuade people, mm-hmm. how do you uh, mobilize people, and how do you you know drive a community toward a certain direction? Right, that's that's all about leadership. People right. following you, right? And right. so so there's a knowledge component and an experience component, but there's also a community component to this too, which is. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> You know, oftentimes uh, leadership is about uh, opportunities, right? And 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 uh, having other people have confidence, other leaders having confidence in your ability to lead, and advocating for you. So, role leadership roles are are often scarce. I mean, there's only a few. You know, you they only pick one leader, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and and there are multiple people perhaps vying for that one leadership role Mm -hmm. and in in order for a community to determine who's the best leader um you know you have the people that are pushing you forward advocating for you or or opening doors so that you have the opportunity to interview for these jobs or Mm -hmm. are aware of these jobs and so it, it takes a community to support leaders nurture push them forward and open those doors and so uh, so, you know, back to your original question, what is, how does a CKA or, or the Council of Korean Americans, my organization, help in these areas? One is, of course, as I mentioned before, the capability building and the and the soft skills as mm-hmm. uh, and the human relationship skills that you need to learn. Uh, we provide that kind of training through mm-hmm. our various programs, but also as a community of leaders, you know, we represent uh, many different industries from the arts to finance to corporate to academia and other places. And as leaders, we are aware of job opportunities. Uh, and so we're able to recommend or to help nurture people and direct them to particular opportunities that they can apply for. And and we provide recommendations and we push people forward into these roles too. So, so as a community, uh, of leaders, we ensure that Korean Americans have just as much opportunities as other communities from other, you know, ethnic and racial groups can have um, uh, can can access these leadership roles throughout our our country, our industries, or or our communities. So that's that's brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, it's a little more long winded than I anticipated. No, but no. That's, but that's uh, that's some of the things that we do as a community. Or as no, yeah, that makes complete sense to me. I um, I guess you know, again, a lot a lot of these careers that I get to talk to about people in interview, mm-hmm. you don't really think about what goes into each situation. Yeah. Um, but even in this, I'm like, yes, I mean, how do how does it happen? You know, and I I was even looking at um. 
the uh, CKA's website. Mm-hmm. I'm like, wow, these are some really established and Korean Americans. You know that I have no idea, like that there were so, there are so many active Korean Americans mm-hmm. in such humongous leadership roles. Um, and I, so how does one? Actually, before I ask that question, Dr. Kim, mm-hmm. um, what does a typical day look like for you then in, in this role as executive director? <laughs> well, I think every day is different uh, for <laughs> uh, for me. But, you know, a lot of my time is spent on um, how to um, – I, I spend a lot of time talking with people and mm-hmm. engaging with people and getting to know our members as well as the work that they're doing, right? And so one of my roles uh, as executive director of this organization is to help connect people together or mm-hmm. connect the dots. Mm-hmm. And as I'm learning about people's journey, you know, their history, some of the challenges and opportunities they have in their lives, in their workplace, in their family life, or, or other areas uh, in their community life, um, everyone has needs, right? Everyone has needs and everyone has some kind of resource or talent. And so so one of the roles that I play is as I talk to various people, all it becomes very clear that, oh, you know, person A should be talking to person B because this person has, has a need and person B has the resources, but they're not necessarily communicating together. Mm-hmm. And so so we make the introductions and, and uh, help to uh, hopefully create mutual benefits, a win-win for uh, for both individuals. So so that's one area, right? Like whether it's in business or whether it's in, uh, you know, they're trying to solve a problem within their community or, or something as simple as they're trying to put a workshop together and they need a great speaker and they need someone to, um, you know, someone with a certain expertise. And we know that a person over here on, you know, a different city, as, as an academic who has that expertise. And so we introduce them together so that um, they can help each other. So so that's, I guess, one thing that I spend a lot of time. So just basically human relationships and connecting and getting to know the community. Second is is really trying to inform the community about all the important things that are going on that impact the Korean American community. You know, there's, a, there's a reason why we're here in Washington, D.C., because, you know, we're, we're keeping an eye on what's going on in the federal government as well as you know, other parts of the country. And, and so so if there are things that are, uh, whether it's successes, like certain Korean Americans were elected to certain prominent roles, uh, we like to highlight that because it, they become important role models. And we really do believe that seeing is believing. Mm-hmm. So that's why representation is important, uh, whether it's maybe someone became a, 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 a you know, a leader in media. Right, mm-hmm. or a person becomes uh, elected to a specific role, we like to highlight that. And so, but also there are issues that are impact may impact our country, you know, our community negatively, mm-hmm. uh, whether it's legislation or, or even just you know, within the last few years, we've all experienced to a certain extent you know, the rising violence against Asian Americans, right? Yes. And so, uh, and you know, different things are happening in different parts of the country, and DC being kind of the hub of politics and society and so forth. We 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 hear a lot of things that are going on around the country. So uh so informing the community in all the different areas, whether it's in Atlanta or 
LA or San Francisco or Chicago or Seattle. We have uh, communities in all those areas and members. And, and so we inform, we um, we highlight both the good and the bad, mm-hmm. uh, but also how people can take action to help support uh, their communities in our country. So, so uh, I mean, these are rather kind of broad things that I'm talking about, but basically human relationships, communication, yes. and also how to also uh, build bridges with other communities, mm. with other ethnic and racial communities. So I we have a lot of pure organizations within the African-American community, uh, you know, uh, Chinese-American, you know, sure. Thai-American, you know, all the other Asian-American communities. And how can we as, um, you know, people of color or minority communities can work together to address um, issues related to, you know, whether it's racism or whether it's opportunity, economic opportunities or other, you know, areas like that. So I'm involved with, you know, a lot of meetings and meeting and connecting and building bridges. So, so I would say those are some of the kind of broad sweeping um, tasks or issues as a national organization that we are involved in on a, on a daily basis. Um, Sure. Yeah. I mean, I would imagine having to, I mean, you know, speaking on the missional kind of overview of the uh, Council of Korean Americans, Mm -hmm. all those things would would seem very important. Um, So how long did you um, help found the Council of Korean Americans? So I was uh, a founding board member when, when this organization started about 12 years ago. Okay. But I think, um, but um, what's interesting about this organization is that that um, I would say the the genesis of at least kind of the people's feeling that there's a need for such an organization actually mm-hmm. started as far back as 1992, okay, uh, during the LA riots, yes. uh, and and um, so the people that worked that was a part of are what we call the LA riots generation, right? Mm-hmm. So we were all, you know, college students or young professionals. Mm. And for those of you who are not familiar with the LA riots, you know, I resulted coming out of the, the Rodney King trial. And, and uh, as a result, there were um, the acquittal of the police officers that were, uh, had, had was filmed, you know, beating up Rodney King uh, resulted in uh, a lot of domestic turmoil, right? In, in Los Angeles. And um, and a lot of that, uh, the violence went toward Los Angeles, uh, mm-hmm. excuse me, toward um, Koreatown in Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. And um, and uh, much of the damage was in Koreatown. Uh, but, you know, a lot of Korean families were impacted. And I think a lot of historians um, see this as a case of what happens when a community has no... Um, Political representation, media representation is insulated, isolated, have no, um, really had not spent the time being civically engaged in building bridges with other communities, right? And so as a result, the Korean community there was very vulnerable. And I think one of the lessons learned out of there um, was that Korean Americans, um, actually the concept of Korean Americans uh, many historians believe that it came as a result of the Korean uh, of the LA rights, which is is a is an interesting. Where that is fascinating. Koreans felt like we are not 
no longer, we can't think of ourselves as foreigners in this country, even though we were born here, but we need to think of ourselves as Americans and we need to be civically engaged and to be directly involved in in civil society and building those bridges Mm. and ensuring that Korean Americans are running for office and, and being in media and speaking out and, and so forth. And so, um, so, uh, so that in that era, um, a lot of us felt like we needed a national voice, but it took some time because, you know, there's, there were many efforts to create national organizations, but uh, things weren't, there were a lot of regional organizations, but not a national organization. Out I there. see. And so, some twenty years after the after that, um, the council was established because we just didn't see a national organization. And so, rather than just talking about it, we thought, let's just do it and see what happens. I and so, see. And so that's the uh, twenty eleven. The organization was established. Uh, And so the genesis of it, so I understood the history, which is uh, really fascinating. I mean, you know, I'm, um, I was born in 88 and then I Mm -hmm. moved from Anaheim, California to Atlanta, um, when I was four. Mm -hmm. So, uh, my parents grew up in Southern California and just at the peak of that, I think we, that's when we, we left. Um, and, um, again, I was too young to obviously know what was going on or anything, Mm -hmm. but when in the last, you know, I think maybe I would even say like eight years or especially like, um, in the last couple years where we've seen a spike in, um, Asian American hate crimes and things like that, mm-hmm. um, is when, you know, I feel like there's more talk about the LA riots. Um, mm-hmm. but for you to kind of share kind of the, you know, this is, that was a time where there was no kind of backing or advocacy. Yeah. It's so fascinating to me, you know, mm-hmm. cause I feel like even my own parents, as you're talking, I was thinking about my own parents. Yeah. And um, I mentioned to you before we started recording that they immigrated here when they were really young. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And there is this kind of like ownership and arrogance, I would even say, right? Mm-hmm. In in their identity as a, as a, not just Korean, but we are Korean Americans mm-hmm. mm-hmm. um, that I've taken on as well. Yeah. Um, but sorry, I'm going on my... <laughs> No, no, no. I mean, mean, these are important identity issues Mm. that we are all um, discussing and evaluating and, and also, um, you know, you know, our community has matured over Mm -hmm. the years, right? And so we have more and more people that are uh, taking this this issue of voice and having a voice, having representation very seriously. And so that's why it created the ecosystem or the environment so that an organization like the Council of Korean Americans can emerge and mm-hmm. and, and grow, right? And so, and people see the, the importance of why we need these kinds of organizations to exist, to bring our communities together across the country. So... I mean, if you if you think about it, it's kind of back in 1992, there are only a handful of Korean American lawyers, right, who really were able to um, 
represent or even speak on behalf of the Korean American community in the Los Angeles area, which had the largest Korean population, right. you know, outside right. of Korea, uh, yes. outside of Korea. And so, and, 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 you know, it came down to, you may have heard the name Angela Oh. I mean, she was like literally the sole rep voice uh, uh, representing um, the Korean American community back then. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and since then, course i mean there's an explosion of korean american lawyers that so many lawyers that uh but in addition to lawyers there you know today we have four uh korean american uh congress uh representatives yes. uh we have numerous uh representation at the state level including georgia uh, uh we have quite a few korean americans that are serving at the state level mm -hmm. uh, and at the local level too so um, it's progress. It's important progress. Mm -hmm. And, but we still have a lot of work to do, left to do. Yeah. And, and so uh, organizations like ours, the Council of Korean Americans is trying to ensure that that momentum is continuously fueled and we're pushing forward and that, <clears throat> and that we are identifying Korean Americans, you know, whether it's in Georgia or California or Kansas or Illinois or wherever, are we've identified we're support you know we we um you know we can't we're, we're not a political organization so we can't directly support these you know mm -hmm. people who are ready for office but mm -hmm. we can make aware to our leadership community that these people are running for I office see. and so they can choose to support them uh, if they want to and and yes many of our community members have stepped forward to support many of these leaders uh, right. at the local level as well so yeah. Um, I don't know how to ask this question, Dr. Yeah. Kim, but I'm just mm -hmm. going to ask it. Sure. So like, why is it important mm -hmm. that Korean Americans are represented? Like, I know why it's important to me, yeah. <laughs> but for you, like, why is it important to um, be a part of this? council that that helps yeah. korean americans move forward and push yeah. forward yeah um it's a great question and uh and you know for different people it might be for different reasons mm -hmm. but i think um i think first of all um number one i think korean americans are some of the most creative and most imaginative and most qualified and uh uh, highly educated mm -hmm. uh, people. If you look at actually, uh, and they have much to offer as Americans of Korean descent, mm -hmm. and that we are not, we are part of the fabric of American society and what makes the United States the dynamic, the wonderful, the rich, uh, you know, country that it is. And mm -hmm. and the Korean you know americans of korean descent are an essential part of that right as mm -hmm. as others are as well right and so um and so so as other um ethnic groups racial we should have opportunities for leadership but um but unfortunately there are sometimes structural and even cultural reasons why uh korean americans are not able to achieve that right and so uh, and sometimes it's, you know, uh, self-inflicted, like, as I mentioned before, um, sometimes some, it's something about our own culture. I mean, you know, between Korean Americans, 
you know, we have a culture of burying your head, right? Yes. <laughs> or not yes. speaking out. Yes. Or or not focusing so much on um on the importance of relationships, right? Mm-hmm. And 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 we have these narratives within our immigrant society and culture that I think at that time our parents, when they shared with us, understand why, like, you know, I'm sure your parents and my parents said, you know, you know, when when your friends were out playing, they said stay home and study, right? Mm. Um, or or try hard or or you know just through your own efforts just or even being um competitive amongst Korean Americans sure, yeah. with each other, right? Which is <laughs> yeah. which is unhealthy, I think. And uh and uh, completely understand because it was a survival mentality, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. But survival mentality only gets you so far. Mm-hmm. In fact, uh, <clears throat> um, it, it isn't, I mean, this could be, this is very counter cultural, but I think in this next generation, the second generation of Korean Americans, we should be telling our kids to go out and play, mm-hmm. right? And to learn how to build a re- relationship within a multicultural society, how, how to have help them to have cultural competence, right? Mm-hmm. Being able to play with kids or engage with people in, from from India, from Russia, from China, from, you know, from mainstream white communities or others. And so having those ability, that ability to engage and interact and navigate and also lead people from different communities is an essential part that to be a leader. Yeah. in the future and so our kids need to know and learn how to do that right mm-hmm. uh, and not just among korean americans right mm-hmm. and so that comes from not necessarily burying your head in the sand yeah. and sunny all the time but it's in, it comes with engaging with people and mm-hmm. so so part of that is a re-education of the next generation of our leaders and so that's in part what we're doing as an organization it's yeah. like we got to focus on community. We got to focus on soft skills. We got to mm-hmm. focus on how to make. It's not just about what you know, but it's who you know right. and how that community supports you. So that's that's right. so that's one thing that we're trying to teach. Mm-hmm. And and uh, but also from but there's outside structural things too, right? Mm-hmm. That are preventing uh, Korean Americans and, or even just Asian Americans in general, right. Mm-hmm. From reaching leadership roles. And so we need to break those things, right. Mm-hmm. Or at least identify and work toward, um, resolving those issues. Like for example, uh, just, uh, from a data set. Um, so, um, you know, perhaps some of the folks in your audience, uh, may know what a board is board of companies, right. Fortune mm-hmm. 500 companies, so Fortune 5, um, you know, boards are important leadership roles within within companies, whether it's like Meta or Google or, right. you know, IBM or uh, any. And but within the Fortune 500, 5%, you know, 5% of the boards are made up of a little over 5 are African-Americans, right? Okay. A little over 3%, 3.3, 3.4 is, uh, you know, Hispanics, you know, Latinx, you know, that community asian america is actually lower than that it's like 3.2 3.1 really so so asian the opportunities for these asian americans to be in these high leadership corporate roles are very limited and the question is why right and sometimes it's structural right and sometimes it's like 
we don't have those opportunities. And again, it comes back to community pushing forward. And unless you have people in those boards advocating you, and oftentimes Asian Americans are the ones that are bringing other Asian Americans in. But if you have a small number to begin with, you know, you can't bring a lot of those opportunities aren't presented to Asian Americans. And so, so those are, um, you know, those are the kinds of issues that um, both internal to our community and external to our community that are preventing us from taking on these important leadership mm-hmm. roles and opportunities. And so, so um, I guess back to your original question of why I'm doing So, you know, part of this is we're trying to change all of that. Yeah. And um, uh, because, I personally believe that Korean Americans have a lot to offer and, and some, and there are obstacles in the way and we tr- we're trying to break those down. Right. And so that's, um, but also again, um, you know, there are decisions being made all the time that are impacting our community, mm. uh, whether it's at the government level, whether it's in businesses or, or other things. And we need, you know, if decisions are being made about our community, we should be at the decision-making table, right? Right, uh, right. And to be able to shape that. And again, that, that it's about leadership. It's about opportunities. Mm. And so, so that's why it's important. The work that we do is to make sure that our members yes. of our community have access and are at the decision-making table. Mm-hmm. And that, you know, there's a, the funny joke or metaphor that says if you're if you're not at the dining table then you're on the menu right so <laughs> meaning meaning they're you know people are making decisions and that may be counter to the interest and the health uh, of your of your community right and so right. we want to ensure that we those our communities are protected right mm. and so uh, and we get access to all the opportunities that are um um that are open to us, right? So, um, so those are those are, uh, I guess, again, back to your question of you know why, you know why is this work important? Yes. I mean, those are I think those are, um, you know, those are some few of the reasons what drives me, gets me up in the morning, yeah, uh, and and also motivates our community to do the work at the council. So. Absolutely. No, I mean as you're a uh talking and sharing I myself am being challenged in my own thoughts because you know everything you said I completely agree with but I don't I feel like I don't do much thinking about it and you know what you were saying just now about how as Korean Americans we do make up the um I forget what word you used, but just like the the DNA of what America is you know today and I don't in in my small suburb of Atlanta, you know, I don't really think about the impact that should be happening as a Korean American myself, right? And then uh, I think about my own children, uh, six and four, mm-hmm. listening to you, kind of excited for their future because I feel like you know, in fifteen twenty years, we'll be for hopefully we'll be further down than we are today, which I truly believe will will happen. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, how am I, the challenge comes from you to me is how am I being proactive in that, you know? Um, yeah. So this is really great, Dr. Kim. I, yeah. <laughs> so, 
No, I mean, I, I think I think what you're doing now in terms of educating young people mm. and inspiring them, this is an important role, right? Mm. We need to educate. We need to change uh, people's really point of view of the world that you can do this. This yes, is possible. You can, yes. And and that fact and the fact that someday there may be a Korean American president of the United States, right? I mean, so we need to be dreaming in those in those ways, right? And there's going to be, and I would say within the next, maybe even the next 10 years, there'll be, there's a possible, very strong possibility that it could be a Korean American Supreme Court justice. Mm. Uh, there could be, you know, we have four Congress people. Wow. Well, if you think about it, four years ago, there was no Congress, you know, we hadn't had, there was one some 20 years ago in California. And then finally in um, 2018, um, you know, Congressman Andy Kim That's right. won election in New Jersey. And, and he's the first Democrat to ever win as a Korean American and in a district that is predominantly Republican. And so he won that. And we didn't think he would win, but he won. Right. <laughs> and so and and so and then a few years later, now we have four, right? So two mm -hmm. Republicans and two Democrats, right? Mm -hmm. So so you know things are growing exponentially. Yes. Yes. And so someday it'll be American senator or a Korean American cabinet official, um, and I guess Korean American president, and so uh, so that's all within reach possibility. That's crazy and to me. And, <laughs> I mean, we have a Korean American, we have astronaut, we have Johnny that's Kim, right. um, uh, and we have you know Korean American. You know, even just with all, you know, I'm sure you and your audience are aware of all the pop culture in terms of the Korean culture that's yeah. taken the world by storm, whether that's it's right. food or music or movies or or TV shows and other things like that. And so I I, I think it in culturally, too, and and the image of Korean Americans have improved dramatically because of Korean culture. Mm -hmm. And and we're lucky to have this. You know, we have Korea, kind of our motherland, I guess you can call it. And, and then there's the Korean American community and, and and they're both mutually reinforcing in terms of the images, right? So um, so so there's a tremendous opportunity for our community. And and you know, if you think about it, we're only about in the United States, we're somewhere between, you know, depending on who you ask, 1.8 to 2.5 million people in the United States, mm -hmm. right? That and we're the fifth largest Asian American uh, group, but but we really punch above our weight in terms of as yeah. a community, um, and um, so and you know you know it's kind of cool to be Korean American these days too, right? Because <laughs> of all the pop culture stuff, <laughs> and they people ask me about shows and groups and pop groups and stuff that I have no idea. Yeah. They know a lot more than I do, so. I just I just kind of nod my head and I said, yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah. <laughs> of course I know BTS, yes. Black, you know, Blackpink and you know all the other um, No, but that's true. It's like um we it's trendy, you know, yeah. to be Korean American. But um <clears throat> so I uh I mean I'm assuming you did not set out to be the executive director of Council of Korean Americans from a young person. <laughs> yeah. um, so, I mean, I am curious. Uh, I, I joked around with you a little bit before we started recording that um, 
we we haven't had many like seasoned guests on. We've had John Cho on. Um, it's a more of a younger crowd from the beginning, just because that's my network uh, as yeah. of now. But I feel privileged that um, some wiser um, people are coming on <laughs> to share their wisdom. But yeah, I mean, how like what 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 was the genesis for you? Like, what did you set out to do in life when mm-hmm. you were a young person? Uh, you're still young. I'm sorry. I don't mean to offend you. But... <laughs> no, I'm 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 getting older. I'm middle aged. So yeah. Um, but I yeah. Could you maybe touch on that a little bit? How things got started for you? What did I I did read some of your bio, and yeah. it is very impressive, Doctor Kim. So that's why I hesitate for you to like jump in full force. But at mm-hmm. the same time, I would love to know the journey. A lot of what I've heard um, on this podcast is. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you start somewhere and then it doesn't go according to plan at all. And then you, mm. you do something else and um, figure things out along the way. However, yeah, um, yeah what, what was it like for you? Yeah, I'm, I think I think life is not linear, right? Mm-hmm. And I think uh, there are many surprises along the way. And so in many ways, I've, start, I've stopped planning for my life, I guess. Um, uh, but, you know, I, I started off, so I studied international relations government. That's kind oh, of, that okay. was, my, yeah, that's my background. And, um, you know, I went to, I think I mentioned I was born in California, uh, and, uh, and I went to, so I, I lived in California most of my, uh, younger life before I, before I graduated from high school. And, um, but, uh, uh, I lived in Korea briefly too because my parents had immigrated. They got married in the states. I was born. My sister was born in Southern California, and my father was a graduate student. And my mom was a nurse, and then they and then my father got a job back in Korea, and so we moved to Korea, and I lived there for like like three four years, and then I came back to the states, and I went to boarding school as a in high school and my parents stayed there so i i guess technically i left home at the age of 13 or so oh yeah yeah and then um graduated from high school in the california area that's where my boarding school was and then uh came to the east coast but i studied international relations and and my my father was in government and international relations that space too so i think there was a little bit of uh parental influence Mm uh but i think i was you know, I was always interested in history and government and international relations and and those kinds of things, and um, so that's most of. So that's the kind of that's the career path that I followed, and I worked in DCOs, doing internships and and things like that. But um, but even with that general direction, I mean, my if you look at my career, it's a little bit kind of zigzag on different areas, but I've I've worked in. Um, you know, I've worked in um, the national security world. I've worked in private sector finance. I've worked mm-hmm. in think tank world. I've worked in academia. I've worked in, uh, and now this is kind of like advocacy world. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think the common thread uh, that, I don't know if it was by intention, but I just happened to work in that space is uh, what I call leadership decision-making space. So. And um, 
So I used to, when I was in the national security, I used to do war games. And so tabletop exercises and um, helping. So creating scenarios uh, and helping putting leaders through these simulations to make decisions. And, and oftentimes they were generals getting preparing for a future war or, or those kinds of, it sounds a little kind of weird and quirky and, stuff like that but that's that was training for a lot of decision like, makers in the military like this so was this was your job that was my job we would create wow. these scenarios so it's kind of like i may be dating myself here but it's kind of like um it's kind of a weird metaphor but like like dungeons and dragons right but <laughs> but dungeons and dragons but training but you know the players were really like officers right military but they're oh. planning not you know you know they're not fighting dragons and you know that kind of stuff but they were actually preparing for a future theoretical war with a future enemy with certain capabilities i see and so so it was helping them to go through the whole planning process and how to make decisions based on limited information and so this is kind of the training that uh whether it's a military officer or whether it's policymakers and things like that so so helping again, that's leaders help helping them make decisions. So that was kind of the government space that I worked in, and then, uh, and then, uh, and then I moved into finance, doing political risk. So helping investors making investment decisions based on pol- political decisions. Oh wow! And politics and called, the space is called political risk. So we I did that for a number of years, and then, and then went into the what's called the think tank world, which is policy research and things like that and and doing research and writing you know position papers or or thought pieces about particular policies and the potential ramifications of policies um and in particular my area was u.s asia relations or u.s korea relations and you know how should we deal with north korea back then it was like this is before north korea developed nuclear weapons what's the ramification what's the implications uh, so that's providing a decision paper, you know, policy perspectives to policymakers, like whether it's congressional leaders or State Department officials and things like that. And um, yeah, and then and then um, and then academia, you know, that was more teaching and mm. did conferences. And then and now I'm in this space where I'm helping, you know, we're working to help Korean American leaders, right? Think mm-hmm. about but leadership in society and communities and and so forth. And so, uh, and, and, and training the next generation of leaders and the potential societal and political and economic challenges they may face in the next 5, 10, 15, 20 years. Mm. And what kind of challenges leaders will face, whether it's issue-based or even just mental health, right? And mm-hmm. physical health. We often forget that leaders are humans too. And we need to take care of the individual as well as you know the, you know all the factors and communities that they're in that they have to lead as well. So, so I would say, um, again, I just thinking back, I, it wasn't intentional, but I guess I would I gravitated to work that was in this space of helping decision makers or leaders make better decisions, right? And based on whether it's information or whether it's particular kind of support or training. And, uh, and I guess that's where I got, find myself here today. Right, <laughs> so, right. so, 
Um, I mean, I am so curious, you know, there was no Council of Korean Americans, I'm sure, during the times that you were in these different spaces. And yeah. these seem mm-hmm. like, um, you know, very, <laughs> very important roles to be um, a part of. Mm-hmm. Who was advocating for you? How did you end up in those spaces themselves? Yeah, <laughs> well, it's uh, a great question. Um, I, I think... A lot of us in kind of my generation, we we didn't have a lot of mentors, right? Or Asian American mentors, right? But we've had mentors and advocates, perhaps that are not Korean Americans, but uh, but mentors nonetheless. Mm-hmm. And I think uh, you know, I'm grateful to these people that mm. help open doors, uh, saw me for you know, I guess the potential that I had. And invested in my life in terms of um, uh, really helping me to, you know, guide, helping me make decisions about uh, how to move forward in my career. And so, um, so, I mean, it's one example, my, like literally my first job out of graduate school, I worked for a think, I worked in a think tank Mm -hmm. uh, doing U.S. Asia relations and writing uh, papers about North Korea and other things. And, and my boss was um, uh, not a Korean. He was, you know, he was American general, retired colonel. Um, but, you know, he came from the military. And so he had a real kind of understand. The military has a strong culture of mentorship, right? And and developing leaders. And, and, uh, and my boss was a retired colonel from the army. And mm-hmm. he really took care of his young people, right? People mm-hmm. worked for him. And in particular for a young analyst like myself, what happens in Washington, D.C. is that these these senior leaders, uh, when you get to a certain point, you know, you have a lot of support staff. They spend all their time. They actually do all the writing for you. Right. And and all the research. You don't have to spend time. And they write the paper. They take a look at it at the last minute. They make a few corrections. And they put their name on it and they publish it and it's their paper, right? It's, right. <laughs> and there's and there's no evidence of there was someone else who helped you write that, you know, a document. But this this boss was different, where he would not only um, you know, he would he would definitely, you know, he would be author on it, but he would also put the author, you know, the junior staff who helped write that paper. I see. So it was a co-author. Yeah. So as a junior staff. You know, over time, I accumulated all of this publication, right, mm-hmm. and uh, experience, which helped me to get into graduate school later, mm-hmm. right. And um, so, so these are that's what I mean by people who are advocating and yeah. providing opportunities. And if I had written this paper and submitted to some journal or some magazine, they would never pick it up because I'm just kind of, even though it may have free content, I see it would. But because it had my boss's name on it, sure. it had the credibility. So his credibility and the research I did helped to put that into these journals. I and see. so I got my name. So technically, I've also published in these very high, highly respected journals. Mm. Uh, so so that's that's a very specific case of how a senior mentor by working together. It was a win-win, right? He got an article, I got an article, but I wouldn't have been able to get into those journals without his prestige, which he used, he leveraged to help me get my name into publishing it in those journals, which later 
when graduate schools look at this, they go, oh my goodness, this, this, you know, young analyst has five publications at these prestigious journals, um, you know, help me differentiate myself from other people who are applying for the same graduate school. Right. And therefore I got, was able to go to those graduate schools um, and it gave me a leg up. So, so that's, that's the kind of support that I was very fortunate to receive. And so, so, but, you know, I was one of the lucky ones, right? And not everyone has these opportunities. Mm -hmm. And I think it's important that more and more Korean Americans who are in these leadership roles have the responsibility to, again, be teachers. You're not just pioneers, but they need to be teachers in helping provide pathway for other Korean Americans to get into. And so I need to play that role uh, for other Korean Americans. Mm -hmm. And and provide those kinds of opportunities. I mean, what I just shared was very specific, but you know, there are other ways we can do that. And so all of us are involved in this organization mm -hmm. because we're we are building the organization and opportunities that we wish we had when we were much younger. And if uh so we weren't able to have these opportunities when we were younger, but we know that we can build the opportunities so the next generation will have those opportunities. So we're building foundation stone so that a foundation so that the next generation can, can build and build and build so that the challenges that we've faced in our career development or in our leadership development, you know, hopefully a lot of those basic problems won't exist for the next generation and they can just continue to thrive and build. And so uh, so that's, that's some of the motivating force behind yeah why this organization exists and and um uh and why you know i'm involved in this organization yeah, and yes yeah. we never imagined and i never imagined being here but we all realized that we needed a collective place where leaders who have a common value system and a vision for the future for our community need to gather and to work together together to synergize you know we're more effective together rather than working individually absolutely and yes. so and so that's and this is how it came about and i'm just again i'm one of the privileged you know honored and lucky ones to be at the right place at the right time and so i was offered this job to help lead uh in this role so um i mean so i i am like so excited for now and the future like it's yeah. just so um encouraging and affirming for me and even just um you know what i believe to be true to i you know i okay to be honest mm -hmm. i have never really faced like adversary you know like i as mm -hmm. a korean american or at least that's how i feel that's yeah. how i've lived my life um and I grew up in like kind of an affluent white neighborhood. Mm -hmm. um, and so I've never felt a certain way about being Korean American until recently, actually. Mm -hmm. Like, I think it's just in recent years that I think my um, perception or just even how I view myself in a predominantly uh, Caucasian community um, that I... I don't know. I don't know what I'm trying to say yeah. other than like, I just, I never really thought it was that important. 
I think. And then when I had my own kids, it became more apparent that I do find it important. Um, with that being said, I, and I, we are rounding out our hour together, Dr. Kim, and I apologize for asking no, the questions. No, but um, like, did you face adversary in that way as far as a Korean American trying to you know, go to be in these important roles and do you get, did you f- face racism, yeah. Dr. Kim? <laughs> Just is going to say it. I'm yeah. trying to tiptoe, but I can't. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, so I, you know, I, when I was a little kid, uh-huh. I did face overt racism, you know, people calling mm-hmm. me names and things like that. Mm-hmm. But I think, I mean, and, you know, I think we've all experienced something of that when we were growing up, you know, with other kids and and, and so forth. Um, I, I think, I think what, um, what we all, uh, well, sometimes we're not even aware of is we face structures that are, I guess, biased against us, but we're not even aware that yes. it's biased against yes. us. This right? is true. So, yes. So, uh, but I think... I think how to think about this rather than like fighting against the structure or, 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 or the system, as they say, Mm -hmm. I think it's really about putting ourselves in a place where society is changing constantly and putting um, Korean Americans or Asian Americans or just, you know, anyone in a place where they can be a part of, helping to formulate what the new next generation of society is like. And so, um, so I like to, um, you know, how it's been explained to me, and this makes a lot of sense is that, and in, in terms of also career choices for our future generation is that, you know, when our parents came to this country as an immigrant, you know, they came from, you know, from Korea and so forth. They came into a system and, um, and you know they came as they thought of themselves as guests. They came into the system, and they had kids, they had us, and so forth. And they said the key to succeed in the system is education. Right? Mm-hmm. You need to succeed, get a great education, and become uh, and become professionals. That's how you get to the top of the system. Right? Become doctor, lawyer, or, or you know business person or whatever. But, you know, stay away from the arts and politics and, you know, those kinds of uh, unpredictable and uh, those kind of, you know, squishy, (laughs) squishy career fields, right? So a lot of those became doctors and lawyers, right? And very, and became professionals and and, and business leaders and so forth. But I think uh, what we all realized almost at the same time, which is kind of weird and eerie, but I understand. But all of us kind of second generation realized that we we became professionals. We went to the top of that societal system, but there's a ceiling in terms of for, for our, our community. Right. And, and, and you're, you're welcome that everything's great as long as you function within that system. Right. And and what the challenge for the next generation is, and for our kids, or even just this, this generation, is that, but that system is not is not um, is not fixed. It's constantly changing, right? Uh-huh. And 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 the professions that help to shape 
ideas and the next generation of society and so forth are the are the places where our parents immigrant parents told us not to go into which is politics mm. which is academia which is our you know uh, innovation r&d entrepreneurship is the arts mm-hmm. is media mm-hmm. is entertainment is you know all these idea forming idea shaping perspective you know altering professions right arts media entertainment politics entrepreneurship you know all these areas we need the doctors and lawyers as we need to continue to need them uh but we need also need people we need to push our kids in these creative spaces right and so and 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 they will help take their identity and integrate it into what tomorrow's america will be like right and so so that's why even as an organization, we are in, we celebrate the arts, we celebrate entrepreneurship, we celebrate innovation, right? Because these are the next generation of pioneers, right? Yes, we love doctors, we love lawyers, we love, you know, we continue. And and they will also be innovators, but you know, with with chat GPT and AI, all of these <laughs> jobs may come obsolete soon. And it's really the creatives that will be uh well you know leading the world in the next generation but um so so that's that's so hopefully kind of our perspective yeah. yeah so hopefully with you know these types of um i guess organizations like CKA we are starting to break through that ceiling is what you're yeah. saying yeah absolutely and, okay. and 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 recognizing there is a ceiling and that there's a ceiling to be broken and 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 figuring out and strategizing how to break that ceiling. right right we're not quite there yet i mean we there's a lot of work to be sure done. yeah yeah uh, but but there is we're doing a lot better job than than before and we're speaking up mm-hmm. and we're identifying and we're saying there's a problem here and and speaking speaking power to power and saying hey you know, you try to cover up that there's not a problem, but there is a problem, and th- mm-hmm. and here and here's evidence of that problem, mm-hmm. and 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 this is what we're doing tr- to break through. So that's awesome, man, Dr. Kim. I um thank you so much for for sharing your heart and your passion with me. I truly leave this conversation uh, more knowledgeable and just really challenged. And continuing the podcast, if just in my little space um, here in Georgia and. Um, I do have one question that I always ask my guests um, as we end our time together is mm-hmm. um, you've shared so much great advice, uh, but do you have any advice for someone listening that's maybe like, you know what, I want to be a leader. <laughs> like, I want to yeah. be the next you know, CEO or uh, what, I don't know, a tech startup, you know, CFO, I, any yeah. of those things. Uh, that we talked about, like, do you have any advice for a young person listening? I actually, okay, do you have advice for like a high school student and then like a college student and then a post-college student? Because <laughs> yeah. like, it's, I feel like it's so different, you know, like how mm-hmm. you, the different stages of life. If you don't, that's okay. But what is, what is something you would say to any of those stages of life that maybe is thinking, hey, like, what this guy's saying, I wanted I want to be a leader. Right. 
Yeah, I, I think, you know, I would I would say this one one advice mm-hmm. for all those different stages and, and it's a learning process at each of those stages. But I think I think the most important thing that um that a person uh should be learning to be a leader is is really the art the science and the art of human relationships right mm-hmm. how to make how to make friends how to persuade people how to speak to people how to engage people and how to develop meaningful relationships with 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 people right and and how to earn trust right because i mean by definition a leader means you have followers right and if people are going to follow you they need to trust you mm-hmm. they need to depend on you and they also um you know they 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 respect you right and so so and that's hard right and um and that skill set is not an easy skill set i mean that's something they don't teach you that in the classroom right that comes with the experience engaging developing relationships making mistakes repairing those mistakes being humble uh, being self-aware uh, and being able to learn to be able to communicate with many different people from different backgrounds and finding something that's a meaningful connection with with the other, right? And and to be able to build that trust through those meaningful connections, right? And so so that is a lifelong skill. I mean, that's something that you got to constantly learn and feel. And and sometimes you know it's not it's not easy. I mean it's difficult, and yeah. you know, people feel self conscious. People feel like maybe the other people think I'm stupid because I'm not communicating very effectively or or whatnot. But that's you know we got to get over ourselves yeah. first of all, and secondly we have there are certain certain skill sets that you could focus on like how to how to communicate, you know how to think analytically how to communicate effectively to different audiences and how to just, you know, what does it mean to develop a relationship, you know, how to communicate, how to follow through and how to build a trust. And so, so I would encourage, and that's a lifelong uh, asset too, because friends and friendship and the people, your reputation uh, will follow you, you know, Mm -hmm. and it's amazing uh, that even in the Korean American community, we're all, you know, they say that it's six degrees of separation. The Korean American community is like two degrees of yeah, separation. Yeah, less, right? less. <laughs> it's less. And, and you'll be surprised in life. Those people you meet at younger periods of your life, mm. strange reason life has a way to surprise you where you may meet them 20 years later, but they will remember you from that time. And if it was a great reputation, that just reinforces your reputation in the future. Wow. But if it was a bad reputation, then, wow. you know, that could come back to haunt you. So yeah. I've had, I can't tell you how many times where I was a junior staff at some some organization and I was working with a number of, you know, college interns. And 20 years later, they were my client, right, for right. some job I was doing, <laughs> right? And and just because of those early relationships, they immediately built trust and say, Ape, we're going to go with you. We're going to sign up with you, wow. give you the business or or whatnot. Or if I've had former students that I taught in grad school mm-hmm. that later helped me define jobs in other places, right? And right. that's because of those right. relationships we built, making sure you, um, you know, I mean, you can't get along with everybody, right? But, but 
to to the extent uh, you can yes. to ensure that you have you're known as someone who's with some integrity, communicate very well, friendly, engaging, and have good people skills. And so that's that would be my advice to any young people is just think about your people skills, your engagement, how to ensure to you know to protect your reputation because those are all important intangible assets that will follow you for your lifetime and that will and it only builds cumulatively so um so it might be something that's people like wow that's such a like big thing but uh you know if you start early um it'll follow you and pay dividends <laughs> you oh, yes. that. I mean so. sound advice I hope everyone heard this is a key yeah. to life like <laughs> yeah. um so um last question Dr. Sure. Kim uh, yeah. thank you again for sharing that I all of everything you just said makes so much sense and you know I now I'm like okay I gotta implement this in my own children <laughs> now <laughs> but um uh how does one utilize the Council of Korean Americans, um, like the like, how would how does one, you know, like net get networked it worked with your council and like what what does one need to do to yeah start these conversations? Sure, sure. So, well, first of all, it, it um, if if any of your audience members are interested, you can sign up for to receive our emails uh, because okay. we have a lot of resources, free resources. And on our website, we have we actually do interviews and podcasts like this with leaders who are have a heart for mentorship. So we've mm. got done a lot of interview programming uh, of of Korean Americans doing really interesting stuff, and That's you'll amazing. get and you can uh, whether it's you know, some news report or, or videos and things that we, we point you to those directions and, and you can get those resources, uh, by signing up as well. There are opportunities like, for example, for, for college students and recent grads and, uh, who are interested in going into public service and who wants to get an internship in Washington, DC or New York, uh, but maybe uh, those internships are unpaid. So they're, you know, they're kind of resource, they're, they cost something, right? Uh, so we we every summer we give out you know somewhere between fifteen to you know fifteen or so scholarships, right, to help students who do get a public service, like you're working for your local congressman's office or something like that. Uh, and we give uh, scholarships um, mm -hmm. to to students. You know, you have to apply for it, and there's an interview process, uh, but um, but the funny, the the funny, not the funny thing, but the the sad thing is, is that we should be getting a lot more application because this is literally free money. We're right. getting out to Korean American students, right? Uh, but uh, so I would encourage your listeners to call an Emerging Leaders Program uh, Fellowship, SCK. So if you sign up, you'll get the information. We make the announcement for that. Um, but also we have leadership programs um, for mid career people. We do public webinars for we we you know we interviewed like you know Johnny Kim the astronaut right the yes. Korean American astronaut so we had a program on him and we've interviewed uh, you know just these they just come on and they're just talking and whoever signs up 
you know, it's a live interview. You could ask questions and, and things like that. Oh, so, wow. What an amazing so, uh, resource. That's amazing. Yeah. yeah. So important Korean Americans, whether they're in space or <laughs> entertainment or or authors or, you know, we've had a number of lots of cool programming. And right. so, and and we videotape, I mean, not videotape, but, you know, they we record it, digitally record it like this. And we also have it on our website. So you can see some of those interviews as well. So, um, so yeah, it's it, you know our website is a good resource, and also getting on our mail li- mailing list, you'll get invitations for these kinds of resources awesome. as well. In person events too, and some of them are in Atlanta, Georgia as well. So, um, oh man, that's so great! Well, I'm excited to sign up. Honestly, I, um, I I'm sad that I I just. Didn't know about the Korean uh, <laughs> Council of Korean Americans, but now yeah. I do, and I'm much better for it. Um, Dr. Kim, I can't thank you enough for your time. Um, I, guys, if you have any questions about this episode, uh, please feel free to reach out. You can DM me on social media, or you can email me at podcastwigu at gmail.com. Dr. Kim, um, if you if there are any students or anyone listening that maybe mm-hmm. have more questions for you, would you be okay with me kind of giving them your email address to contact you? I'm sorry yeah, to put you yeah. on the spot, but yeah, yeah, that, that that's that's uh, perfectly fine. I, I do a lot of travel, so I mean, it might take some time for me yes, to respond, yeah. but uh, but I'm happy to answer questions and and if if you want me back, if there's enough questions, I can come back and answer all those questions in another podcast or something like that. That would be awesome. A part two with Dr. Kim. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thanks for listening, guys. Until next time. Thanks, Dr. Kim. Bye. Thank you. Bye-bye.